Hey everyone, John Weaver of The Culture Classroom. This is the final episode of Season 2. Season 3 will be released shortly, packed with interviews from coaches all across the United States. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Coach Kendall Davis, the D-line coach at Ocean Springs. Welcome to the Culture Classroom. We are doing a special edition with Coach Kendall Davis of Ocean Springs. Uh, Kendall, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have, glad to be here, man. Honestly, didn't think you'd ask me to do it, but hey, I'm here. Well, man, uh, we ask people that uh, we think that have a huge impact on on kids, right? Uh, the influence they have, and, and what I've seen this week at Gridiron Camp is uh, you are having infectious energy about you. Um, that normally you don't see from, from coaches at camp. Right. So for us, um, when I heard the Ric Flair and I heard that stuff, and I'll let you go into that a little bit more, um, it just, it was somebody that, you're somebody that I think our listeners need to hear about. Right. And how football is not all about being rough and tough. There's an element of that. But in 2019 and 2020, the athletes are changing. Absolutely. You have to be positive. You have to be upbeat. And... I think you get more with sugar than you do with <laughs> yeah, vinegar. Absolutely. Uh, so if you want to start us off, you know, Kendall, just where you're from, a uh, little bit of your background, and uh, what brings you to Ocean Springs? Well, uh, I think I'm lucky, honestly. I'm, I'm K through 12, whole life at Ocean Springs. Uh, played there, played baseball, football. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll just give you some background first. Yeah, uh, I got lucky. So. Went to graduated from Ocean Springs in 2012. Um, enrolled at University of South Alabama. Um, did my four years there, four and a half. But uh, you know how that goes. Nowadays. That is. Yeah. <laughs> um, got out, got an exercise science degree. You know, thought I was going to be an athletic trainer, maybe a therapist at some point. No, I just wanted to be around, you know, the youth. You know, our guys, athletes, didn't matter what sport, guys, girls, whatever. Um, got out, didn't get into grad school. You know, knock me down a little bit, but got to find you got to find the silver lining. That's right. Got to be positive. So I kept that attitude. Um, went back home, worked at a camp, uh, just a youth camp. Worked there. Said, man, I got to I got to do something. Get you know this degree. Got to use it. So applied at Encore um, Rehabilitation. Was rehab tech this time last year. Wow. So I was there for eleven months. Um, did that. Stayed working for the camp. Uh, so I had two jobs, you know, just grounded, basically. Find the positives, find the positives. Um, right. Did that, you know, I loved rehabbing athletes. I loved it, every bit of it. I was fresh until, you know, fresh out of school, so I was like, man, I love this. I'm in the books, learning, just being a sponge, learning everything I could. So you know what? We said, how this got going? It's old folks, you know? Got the older crowd, you're like, ah, uh, they really don't want to get better. You know, you make them move things they don't want to move. Right. So it's like, it's like pulling teeth. These people are old, basically. You know, they're much older than me and you. But this really isn't fun anymore, you know. I'm not using the Biden's machine. I'm not doing like the Schrazer, which is like a, um, Xbox Connect or Wii Fit or something like that, where they have a screen and they got things they have to do. But it's all rehabilitation. It's all rehabilitation. Right. That was awesome. So the guy, you know, I was like, man, this ain't working. <laughs> like we gotta do something different. Two dollars, this ain't working. 
just old people who don't want to do anything. They're stubborn. Which I love older people, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> so I get a call from one of my buddies, uh, Pete Degatel. He's a he's a volunteer for us, at Ocean Springs. Um, a little bit younger than me, so I kind of took him under my wing when I was younger, still in school. He called me and said, "Hey, uh, can you say you're going to try to be a teacher?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, absolutely, man. What's up?" Uh, Coach Ross didn't even do my coach. What? I reach out, so I was like, "Man, this is this is this is beautiful. Like, it's, everything's just falling in place." Got an interview with Ross, talked with him. You know, it's just like me and you talking. Right. Uh, I knew him. He coached me, so it was easy. And then uh, next thing you know, Coach Hogan calls me up. Our AD, come meet with me. Okay. All right. So I'm meeting with all these guys, working, going to do the Austin route program, teach. And I'm like, God, I'm busy, but I like it. I like having something to do. Right. So landed the job, long story short, and I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I come out there in the summer, and we're grinding, working, working, working. I was just, I just got, kind of sat back and watched a little bit, just see the culture, see how the guys acting. And it didn't, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either, you know. Right. Just the morale, and there's groups here, groups there. You know how kids are. Oh, yeah. And so I just, you know what, me, Coach Harrington, Austin Harrington, um, and Josh Lancaster, he was our strength and conditioning guy, outside linebacker coach. So they're like, you know what, we're the young guys. Springs form. Let's just find the positives in anything. And it's funny that, that you said that because on the way up, me and Hank and Rob and we're talking, I was like, man, you know the, the hard-nosed coaches, you know, the older coaches just bang, bang, bang all the time, you know, and you just watch the kids. You just kind of watch what happens. You know, somebody's banging them, you know, pounding real hard, and you're like, dang. You see everybody's morale starts to drop, the head starts dropping. You just find the positives, man. You can just, hey, I'll talk to them like I'm talking to you. Right. So Al Ritter, wrote a book, and uh, I've been challenged by uh, Trevor Denton, who's at Jefferson County in, in Knoxville, mm-hmm. to read it, and it's the 100 to 0 principle, and it, it's finding the positives and doing something positive for somebody else with expecting nothing in return. Right. So it's like 50-50 or 100 to 100. Right. It's actually a 100 slash 0 principle. So right. we're going to be positive, and we, you know, whatever it is. So you said when a coach is grinding and they're pounding on a kid, you know, that morale drops. And then there's that not there's not that hundred zero. It's more like, uh, coach, you got a hundred and I'm like negative one hundred yeah, right now. On the complete other end of the yeah. So it's just, you know, it's why do you think athletes today are I like that? I don't know, they just change, man. The kids like you said, the kids have changed. You know, back when we played it, it that was acceptable, you know that and it's not unacceptable now, but right. just did what the coach said. Right. You know, now they got the kids are different, you know, the culture's changing. And I I put it like this. At some point, either you're going to buy into what I'm doing, being positive, or you're just going to get tired of me. You know? right. So I think for our listeners, you're a D-line coach, mm-hmm. and you still look like you can squat about 600 and, <laughs> and bench 295 to 305, so I mean, you're no small guy. I look like you, you can play in the NFL right now. Uh, as a D-line coach, how hard is it to balance the positive with the correction part or the critical um, the critical part of the game as it comes into itself, you know, where you have to teach technique right. and if a kid doesn't do it uh, a certain way. Um, how, do, how do you balance that as a coach with, yes, being positive? And I, I get it. I'm, I'm like positive Paula all yeah. the time yeah. uh, with my receivers. Um, just how do you balance that? You know, I, I, I talk to it this way. You know, you know, guy, you know, coach, just finished my first year. I wanted to build a relationship with each one of my guys individually before we got to the teaching aspect. You know, really, me really grinding 
because I grind, but I'm talking to them like like I said, like we're having a conversation now. So I'm not yelling. You know, I try my best not to get aggravated as hard as that is at times. But once I once once I get a relationship with you, we get a bond. And if I can get you to believe in and trust and buy into what I'm saying, I get you to do anything. Right. You know, um, there's a guy we just had a senior graduate. He's nose boy. He's played. Didn't, didn't get the most out of him his first three years, and I got, like I said, I just got there. So I built a bond with him. I knew he was going to be a leader. He had the qualities. I found it in him. So you know what? I said, I'm going to need you this year. He said, you know, I know you can do it. I don't even know you. I haven't seen you go. I barely watched film on you, but I know you can do it. Strongest guy, one of the strongest guys on the team, you know, just a hoss. I mean, 1,000%. I said, man, just time to step up, you know. This is it. This is your last ride. I told all of them, I pulled all the seniors in. I coached D line, I got everybody. I said, guys, when we're gonna get out of this, what you put into it. That's right. That's all we can that's all we can do. Go out there and give your best, do your job, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's so many guys I think today, Kendall, that that look at it from we have to run this drill right, or we have to be perfect. Right. And you know, with being perfect, yes, you wanna be perfect on Friday nights where I like seeing failure a little bit during the, during the week right. of practice because right. you're able to grow. And the positivity aspect of it I love. And, and you said one word that is kind of the, the hub of Culture Classroom and it's relationships. Right. And we talk about power of the ships all the time, mm-hmm. which it, in order to go to championships, and whatever that looks like for your kids, whatever it looks like for you and your culture uh, as a person, uh, it always starts relationships and then transfers to leadership. Because once you have those relationships built in, and uh, that's when you said that I, I established a relationship with those kids first. I was like, that just that that hits home with so many levels right. of how coaches uh, need to view mm-hmm. athletes. They're not hey number seventeen that plays defensive back for me, right. or number eighty four that plays wide out. It should be you know his name, you know a little bit what makes him tick. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that. Time in a game, there's a little bit of investment on both ends. Right, so it's that right. instead of 100 0, where they're not invested, I think it pulls it together to 100 100. Right, 100%. Absolutely. So relationships are so big for us um, in the culture classroom. So it's, so it's so nice to hear coaches who are, I mean, you're one year in. Well, just one. One year in, and you get it. Right. Um, and it takes, I mean, some coaches are in at 35, and they never get it. Right. I do this, you know, they, they say, they'll have this quote, they're like, I've done it all this, this time, and I've been successful, so I'm going to keep doing it this way. Well, guess what? It's, it's in 2019, 2020, and be that as it may, if you're listening to this podcast, like, it, it's a different world out there. Um, so, I'm going to transfer into uh, to camp, okay. and what I noticed, and okay. this is part of the reason why Kendall is on this podcast. He, uh, he brings a level of energy that is um, unprecedented. Like, I, I thought I was energetic, dude. You, you're like on octane. It, it's it's like jet fuel. <laughs> right, right. Um, what what fuels that for you? What brings that energy? I mean, coach, it was it was like 98 degrees, it was sweating. It was I mean, it was, and you're in long sleeves, and you're wearing a hat. I mean, and you were just bringing the fire. Yeah. yeah. What what fuels that? Honestly, it's just a passion. Passion, passion for getting to know people, passion to get close to these kids, like you said, build relationships. If I'm a good, if I'm to be a good leader for me, I've got to bring it. You know, I have to bring it every time. 
If I go out there, you know, slacking sometimes, they're going to slack. I didn't know any of these kids. I knew what we brought here, and that was it. So, you know what? So I got to try to form a relationship somehow, some way. Here it is. Yeah, I think you did that today with, with <laughs> the no agilities. Um, and I think we have a video, and we'll post it on uh, Culture <laughs> Classroom Twitter, and you can see it. But the, the relationships that he built, and I, don't, I want coaches to understand that this, this is not a, a thing that takes, oh, i got to know these kids a year or six months. Can we be here for a day and a half? That's it. And six practices? Five. 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 Six is tomorrow morning. And he has got them invested and loving life in stretch lines. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, and if you're listening right now, um, I, I didn't like stretch lines. I was not that guy that, I mean, I was a punter. Right. And I, I was like, I'm going to do this, and then we're going to go kick, and then I'm going to be done. But these guys are loving stretch lines. Um, so i got to ask. There, there's a little deal that I put on my Twitter, um, and I'm going to pin the tweet. Okay. But it's Ric Flair. Yeah. How'd that all come about? We all know. And if you're an old listener, you know who Ric Flair is. And then he's a former – or I mean, he's – He's a former wrestler, but he's one of the baddest man pajamas out there in the wrestling world. Uh, so, w- what is it about Ric Flair? What, what? I mean, he brings the juice. Yeah, I mean, these kids get after it. He so. definitely does. Um, honestly, you know, this is funny. You know, the backstory. While I was in the Austin Rock program, um, you know, we had to build lessons, and then we had to teach for an hour, literally, to our our classmates, our peers. And so, I said, well, I got to figure out a way to get them invested. I got to figure out a way to get their attention. I just, I'd explain something to him, and I was like, all right, guys, we get uh, two claps from Ric Flair, and I'd go over to and clap, and then Ric Flair. And my peers loved it. I'm like, peers loved it. Well, you know, maybe maybe these kids will love it. And even further back, you know, even when I was at the, at the rate department, I was just I was a counselor there for a long time, you know, the summers in between, school semesters and everything. Um, I do a thing, I had the itty bitty, I had like five or six year olds my first year there, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Five and six rows. What are we gonna do? Exactly. What are we gonna do? Like, like they're used to having accidents. You know, they, they're very, very dependent on you. And it's just one thing. You know, they get real loud. Whenever you get them fired up, they get real loud. They're playing the game, they get real loud. In order to get them quiet, I'd be like, you know, when I when I count to three and say ticket, ticket, you scream as loud as you can. When I do like this, it's still, we'll stop. I make a hand motion, we'll stop. They get real loud. I'd be like, ticket, ticket. <laughs> I say boom, you know, and stop. And everybody would be quiet. You could hear pins drop. And I was like, five or six years. Well, you know, like, yeah. this is impressive. Right. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I just, like I said, find a way. And even, you know, my guys don't know it. The kids don't know it. I just, I just observe. I sit back and observe it. I'm watching when you don't even think I am. Just watching to see how you are. And I figure out what makes you tick, you know, and then we're good. Yeah. Get to know me, I get to know you. You got a connection, let's do it. Yeah, I, I think, and you coach one of the positions that I like watching. Um, I was blessed to play at Hines and watch three defensive linemen Andrew Williams, who played at Miami, Jerome McDougal, and Tyrone Roberts, and then Terrence Williams. He's the fourth one. All four of those dudes, two went to Miami and won a national title. Uh, Tyrone went straight to the Buffalo Bills, straight out of junior college. And then Terrence Williams was going to NC State, ends up going to West Virginia uh, out of Hines. So they were a dominating force, mm-hmm. and they always had a high motor. And their D line coach, Coach Davis, crazy, right? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, Mike Davis, 
was their D-line coach, and he brought energy with them. Right. And I think that that's huge with kids today that, you know, if you go into practice thinking, this is going to suck, your kids are going to go into practice saying, this is going to suck. Right. So mm-hmm. I think bringing a positive aspect, and I think that it only – it only happens in the school, too. Like, you can't just flip a switch, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, coaches have to fake it. Absolutely. There's that, trust me, there's days. There's there are days. Yeah. You just got to fake it. Yeah. Like, you've had that bad day where something's gone wrong, and these guys expect to see you as their leader, and you're preaching positivity, you're building relationships. Uh, they need to see a bright light. Right. Um, so, Coach, I, I, I applaud what you're doing. Um at Ocean Springs in just your first year. Just and, on the belt, man. And, and what's what's neat to me is you play for the head coach mm-hmm. and you're still bringing energy and fire. And, and I don't think that's by chance. I think you did that. You, you probably did that as a player as well. Absolutely. So it's in your DNA. Right. Um, so what's, do you have, and, and we talk in the culture classroom um, a lot about identities and stuff. We mm-hmm. talk about that. And uh, we're in the culture classroom uh, tonight with Coach Kendall Davis. He's the defensive line coach at Ocean Springs High School in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Uh, coach, we talk about identities a lot. And with D-Line, do you have an identity for them? Do they have like a nickname or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, we do actually. Um, so I call them the mob. Mm-hmm. You know, trench mob, just mob. That's what we are. You know, we got to have a swagger. The mob's not a, the mob's a, you know, a group of bad guys. You know, they're bad dudes. <laughs> you got to bring the energy. You got to be the motor. And I preach to my guys, without us, we're not successful. Mm-hmm. We're the first level of defense. I like that. You know? I like that. You got to just get, that guy's not going to beat you every time. Sweet. Who came up with that? Me. You came up with me. the mob. That's the mob. me, man. <laughs> do they embrace it? Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, I do like an award. During the off season, I'm the dog of the day. The other week, you know, this guy brought it today. He brought it a little bit more than anybody else. His name's on the board. Wow. I've got about yeah, a big white board, and I have a small one right next to my computer. The other day. And they look for that dog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Coach, who's the dog of the day? I might forget sometimes. Coach, who's the dog of the day? Uh, That's right. Know? That's right. And they're, they're <laughs> looking they're for that. They want it, you know? They want it. That goes back to those training relationships uh, that we invest in those kids. And, and we call it a lot of times intentional relational leadership where we're it's not like, oh, I'm going to know this kid, so he'll play harder for me on Friday. It's like, hey, I want to know this kid, and I want, I want him to, hey, I want to take a picture with him when he graduates. I want him, when he gets his first job, be like, hey, coach, I got my first job. Or when he gets married, he sends you a wedding invitation. Right. Those are those intentional relationships that I think last a lifetime uh, with athletes and kids that we even teach. Right. Um, coach, as we, as we conclude, and I didn't want to take much of your time tonight, about 20 minutes is what we do when we do spot interviews. Um, but we do one thing uh, with the culture classroom, and we ask this one question at the end of every interview, is we have a thing called a carrying trademark. Okay. And a carrying trademark is what sets you apart from any other coach. So for Coach Story, our co-host, he wears purple shoes mm-hmm. on his wrestling days. So okay. everybody knows, hey, it's wrestling day, it's Coach Story's purple shoes. For me, during track season, I never wear red unless, in track season, at a track meet, unless it's a championship day. So a junior high championship or the state championship, I'm a big Tiger Woods guy. Right, um, right. Yeah, That's absolutely. where that came from. Absolutely. And then with my football team, my ARB members, um, our receivers, 
I write handwritten notes to them. So those are kind of my things. So do you have anything that sets you apart as a coach? I know it's your first year, a caring trademark that just defines you as a coach. Oh, um, just being upfront and open. You know, I'm honest. Um, I talk to my guys all the time. It doesn't matter what it is. Call me. No matter what time of day, what time of night, call me. I'm very suspicious. I also coach softball as well, so kind of like you. Um, I will wear literally last season. I wore the first game and dropped it. You know, we dropped the ghost head. Second game came up this way, lost to Madison Central. I didn't wear anything other than the top we had to put on. You know, the same. We started winning. I wore the same exact socks. I tied my shoes the same way. I wore the same belt. I wore the same pants. I wore the same undershirt, even my underwear. There you go. It's me, man. Same hat. Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. If it's forward, it's forward. If it's backward, it's backward. That's just what, that's me. Well. That's me. That's it. Superstitious. Coach Davis is superstitious <laughs> when it comes to softball. What about your D-line? Anything, anything, any ritual that y'all do before games with your D-line? Um, we just come, come together. You know, we come together and we talk. We tell them, look, guys, play hard, play fast. Yeah. And I do send them little inspirational quotes on Fridays. Nice. Wake up in the morning, shoot them text. Nice. I have a little group chat, I send it to them. Yeah. I think that group chat's powerful. Yes. Uh, I know when I played back in uh, the early 90s, mm-hmm. you didn't even know sometimes your head coach's first name. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, to, you didn't, you know, you didn't even, I mean, cell phones were, were ancient back then. I mean, they weren't even existing. Right. Like a dinosaur. Um <laughs> uh, so I think now with kids and, and how they're they're so motivated by a screen, motivated by a coach, motivated how, how they tick. But, um, you know, that, that's a that's a big thing. So uh, superstition. I love it. Uh, and the D-line is called the mob. The mob. Change mob. That's, that's what it is. Uh, they, also, they also follow me on my Twitter. Um, yeah. I post you know, D-line videos, uh, anything. Whatever it is, you guys want to follow? <laughs> yeah, worry. yeah. Uh, if you want to give out your Twitter, uh, it go ahead. is at Coach Davis ninety three. All right. Yeah, at Coach Davis ninety three is for Coach Kendall Davis. He's the D line coach at Ocean Springs. Um, coach, any final remarks uh, to coaches maybe that are a little bit skeptical mm-hmm. about the relationship part and maybe not letting their kids. Um, Get too close to them because mm-hmm. a lot of coaches think it's soft. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the main word that we hear is that it's soft. I've heard that before. Um, any any closing remarks, words of advice for coaches that are listening to um, to go outside of their comfort zone and build positivity, spread positivity, and be relational. Um, one thing I do preach is make the uncomfortable comfortable. Um, don't be afraid to step outside the box. You know, if you got high school Texas for you guys. They're gonna have high expectations for you. Uh, you know, be open. Don't be as open as you want to be. You know, don't let them too close if you feel like that's a problem. But that's just worked for me. That's what's worked for me. You know, like I said, I'm very young in this career. 25 years old, one year in. You got a lot. You got a lot figured out. I do. I think. I think I do. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You. You do. Um, for me, in 15 years in, and uh, this culture journey that John Tory and I are on, um, seeing coaches like you, it. It's a bright spot for our profession going forward and having my son and my daughter come up with your generation will be leading them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to know that the coaches out there that are wanting to spread positivity, understanding the importance of relationships, and knowing how to lead our youth in the future. 
Uh, so, Kendall, thank you so much for coming on the show no uh, tonight. And uh, that'll do it for a episode with Coach Kendall Davis of Ocean Springs High School. Culture Classroom is supported by Lausanne Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms, and a unique teacher-to-teacher consulting program, Lausanne Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them at LausanneLearning.com today to find one of their active learning conferences near you and to learn more about changing education from the ground up.